the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't add to God's Word. Don't take away from it either. If you add to it, the plagues that are written in this book will be added to your life. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. For today's Core Truth, we start a message titled, A Better Plan, in John chapter 6. Have you ever set out with a plan, and right before your very eyes, your plan came apart at the seams? In fact, if you didn't have any plan at all, it's quite possible that everything would have turned out better than it did. I hate days like that. Like this time I was walking out on these rocks. I had about 40 kids over in Hawaii. We were suffering for the Lord. That's right. We were having a harvest crusade in Hawaii. So we were over there sharing Christ, but we were kind of taking a little break. And I was out on these rocks and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a giant sea turtle right there. So I'm like, I take off my shoes I take my wallet out and I tell this one kid, this high school kid, I said, hey, Daryl, watch my shoes. I just got these. They're brand new. And he goes, okay. So then I jump in and I'm swimming and I grab this giant turtle. I'm like, whoa, look at this turtle. You know, it's like, and so, and he's just like, uh, are we done yet? Can you let me go? I mean, it's like, anyway, so, so then as I'm swimming back, I'm swimming past my shoes. That, I'm like, what? Okay, my plan was that he would hold on to my shoes. His plan was, let me throw him in the water. I don't know what happened, but anyway, I hate days like that. Well, I'm sure you've had your own stories on plans that go sour. But let's think happy thoughts here this morning. But yes, no matter how detailed we are in our best laid plans, something may still go wrong with them. Consider this couple having their first baby. After the sonogram, uh, they were told that it was a little boy. And so they decorated the baby's room in blue with a baseball theme. It looked like a baby's room out of a magazine. And when the big day arrived, their plans went right out the window as little Sophia Rose was born. Yes. Hey, Sophia, I hope you like baseball. (laughs) Yes, our plans can't backfire for many different reasons. Here are the top three reasons why plans may not work. Number one, maybe our plan isn't that great of a plan in the first place. Hey, someone's got to say it. You know, it's like your plan stinks. Okay, it's not a good plan. Okay, number two, circumstances along with other things that are out of control can change our plans at any moment. And then, of course, there's number three. Number three is maybe, just maybe, God has a completely different plan than our plan. 
And his plans should always supersede our plans. That's what we're going to focus on here today. As we continue in our study through the Gospel of John, as you remember in our last study in chapter 5, Jesus went to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Jews. Now again, there were three feasts that the Jews celebrated. Number one was the Passover feast, also known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that would happen roughly in March, April. And then number two was the Feast of Weeks, also known as the Feast of Harvest, Feast of First Fruits, even the Feast of Pentecost. And that would happen seven weeks later. Then number three, the Feast of Booths, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles or Ingathering. This was the final thanks given for the harvest. Now, here in chapter 6, we find Jesus north of Jerusalem on the Sea of Galilee. And according to verse 4, they were getting close to the Passover. Now, this means that there was a big time gap between chapters 5 and chapter 6, maybe as much as 10 months or so. So where did all of that time go? Well, they were busy, obviously. Jesus didn't waste one day of his predetermined time here on planet Earth. Think about that for a second. Shouldn't we have the same attitude? Shouldn't we have the same mentality? For all of us have a shelf life, meaning we only have so many days to live. You know, my mom just passed away. My dad's not doing well now. Oh my goodness, you know, they're in their 80s. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm turning 60 this week. Still in good shape. Just want to point that out. But, you know, it's like you're thinking like, I got 20 years and then another one bites the dust. You know, it's like, it's like you only got so much time here. I mean, shouldn't we make the most of our days? I mean, could we be better stewards as we ask ourselves of our time and of our lives? Consider this sobering thought by Curry R. Blake. He said this quote, if your gospel isn't touching others, it hasn't touched you. I mean, if it's not touching someone else, has it really touched you? I was uh, stopped at this place with my stepsister and, you know, we were having this lunch at this place and we had yelped it because I was telling her, no, you got to go to Yelp. This is my wife. This is what she does. This is how you find good places. You don't know where to go. So she yelped this place and it had like five stars and all of this. And I'm thinking, well, then my, my wife would say, that's a good place. You know, and so, so we go in there and they had this bacon, this BLT. Dennis, listen, okay, listen, because we've lost a place here. Okay. It's, it's I'm still in mourning, but that's a whole nother story. Okay. But so I get there and I'm like going, I need double bacon. Which, okay, double bacon. You know, I'm like, does it come with avocado? She goes, no. I go, how could it not come with avocado? Do you have avocado? Yes. I got to have avocado. Okay. So we get this whole thing built. I mean, it comes to the plate. It had so much bacon on it. It was squealing on the plate. No, just kidding. But, but I mean, it was just like, this is a beautiful thing. And I'm mowing this thing down. But then I was talking to the waitress. I'm like, Hey, when's the last time someone told you that there's a God in heaven that loves you? She goes, no one's ever told me that. And you could just see something inside of her. And I just like, I said, you know, could you do me a favor? She's like, what? I go, could you go to the app store? And I pulled out my phone. I showed her the app of Core Church. I, here I am, 3,000 miles away in Florida. I go, look at this app right here. And then you just push this, and then boom, right here, and there's a message. And then it's, I, and I go, look at the message. And she's like, oh my goodness. So right there at the table, and this place is packed because it's a really cool place. And I mean, there's just people mowing into this place. And it's like, she downloads the app right in front of me and then pulls up the message on her phone. 
And I said to my sister, I said, what do you think the chances of her watching that message? She goes, well, I'm sure she's going to watch. I go, that's right. And if I said nothing, zero. We have to make the most of our time. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can be mowing down on the best BLT you've ever had in your life. And God could still use you. That's a good, glorious thing, is it not? See, God has a desire to use us. And Jesus, see, he set the example because he never wasted his time. Yet here we have 10 months in the gospel of John between chapter five and chapter six that's totally, absolutely unaccounted for. But let's not forget the gospels only share with us a very small portion of what Jesus actually accomplished this side of heaven. Understand, every single day with Jesus, it must have been unbelievably just amazing. Imagine that. There were so many times that Jesus would enter a town or a village, and the Bible would just simply say he went in, and it says something like what it says in Matthew eight sixteen, where it says, And when evening came, they brought to him those who were demon-possessed, and he cast out all the spirits, and with the word he healed all of those who were ill. He healed all of those who were ill. Are you serious? I mean, like every single one of those people had a story. I mean, there was miracles. People were, they were touched. Their lives were changed. And it's like every single person, I mean, imagine that. I mean, it's like the sick, the lame, the blind, they were all healed. Everyone had an entire chapter to share. Remember when we were in chapter five? Oh, it's like it was all about the man who did what? He was at the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus came up to him and said, do you wish to be well? He's like, no, look, I'm sitting there for 38 years lame. No, I don't want to be well. Of course I want to be healed. But as we studied, not everyone wishes to be well. You know, do you wish to be well enough to change from the lifestyle that you're in? Do you wish to be well enough to change your attitude? Do you wish to have a better marriage? Are you willing to cut back on what you do and just at times? It's like, see, it's like you say you want to be well, but do you really wish to be well? Because you're not changing the circumstances of what you're doing that's causing more problems. See, Jesus came and everyone had a story. So when he goes into a village and heals everyone, every one of those people had a chapter that got missed out on. Everyone had their story. Like, this is where I came from. This is what happened. This is where I was. All of these things. Yes, if everything was recorded that has been written down the Bible says that there would be so many things that you couldn't even record them all. So like when we get to the end of John, we'll look at this more extensively, but this is what it says in John 21, 25. He says, there are many other things which Jesus did, which if they were all written in detail, I suppose even the world itself would not contain the books written in it. So the apostle John's just like, man, if we took every single detail, oh my goodness, because these guys couldn't remember everything. Oh, you remember that guy that got healed? Which guy? (laughs) It's like, which one of the thousands that got healed? What are you talking about? There was just too many, there'd be too many numerous books recording all of these life stories. But know this, 
In the midst of everything that Jesus did, recorded or not recorded, his message never changed. Jesus never changes. Now, some have tried to take this type of a scripture like that that says, oh, well, he did all of these things, but nothing's recorded about it. They tried to read more into that verse by introducing strange and bizarre doctrines, saying things like, well, Jesus taught new things in those times that were not recorded. And that's just absolutely wrong. Consider organizations, and I do call them organizations like the Mormon church. They say Jesus came and he appeared again here in America, kind of a, in upstate New York after he left Israel, preaching the gospel to those who they call, the Mormon church calls, the Nephites, which is simply not true. Jesus talking about those in the last days that would say that, oh, Jesus appeared over here and did this, or Jesus appeared over there. Jesus said this in the Olivet Discourse, talking about the things that people would say in the end days. In Matthew 24, 26, he says, so if they say to you, behold, he, Jesus, is in the wilderness, do not go out there. It's not me. Or if they say, behold, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe them. For just as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. So he says, oh no, don't believe anyone and say, oh, Jesus was over here, or he spoke some hidden things over here. Uh, No, it says in Revelation 19, when Jesus comes, that the entire sky will split apart. It just just rip open, and then Jesus will come through. His eyes will be a flame of fire. His robe will be dipped in blood with on his thigh, king of kings and lord of lords, and a, a sword will come out of his mouth in judgment, and then people will try to war against him, and he will wipe everyone out, and that's what happens at the second coming. But until then, we have his word and his word does not change. Yes, the word of God rejects all of these things that people say and they try to add to because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. God does not contradict what he has already said or written in the past, meaning the method the principles and the thought processes that God has, they don't change. And what God has recorded in his word will never change. That's why the apostle Paul was able to say in Galatians 1.8, he says, you know, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we preached, let them be accursed. And in case you didn't get that, he says, and he repeats himself in verse nine of Galatians one. He says, though if we are an angel from heaven, isn't that something? How'd they get the Book of Mormon again? Oh, that's right. The angel Moroni came and gave Hobo Kelly glasses to Joseph Smith. I'm sorry, they weren't Hobo Kelly glasses. They were glasses. And he gave these glasses to Joseph Smith and he was able to look through the glasses and he was able to translate Egyptian tablets into what we have as the Book of Mormon. Like, who believes this stuff? Did he have a giant box of Cracker Jacks too? I mean, are you serious? That this is why the apostle Paul said, even if an angel comes down. So maybe Joseph Smith, maybe he had late night pepperoni pizza. I don't know. Maybe he did see an angel. But all I'm saying is the angel that he saw was not from God. And let's not forget 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. See, so, hey, maybe you did see an angel, but you have to test 
the spirits, it says in 1 John. Test the spirits to see where they are from God because there's many false prophets who come into the world. Many false prophets. Yes, the method, the self, the process that God uses, that never changes. We should remind ourselves often how God chose to end his word, the Bible. The collection of 66 individual books that were written by 40 different authors, all of whom were inspired or God breathed by God himself. They all came from varying backgrounds, uh, these 40 different authors, from priests to prophets, all the way to farmers, tax collectors, and fishermen. Yet God chose to end the last book of the Bible the book of Revelation. In the last chapter, chapter 22, in the last few verses, what did he say with this exhortation? He says this in Revelation 22, 18. He says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God shall add to them the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God shall take his part away from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. Wow, that's crazy. But is it not straightforward? I mean, how do you misread that? I mean, don't add to God's word. Don't take away from it either. It's like if you add to it, the plagues that are written in this book will be added to your life. If you take away from God's word, your name will be taken away from the book of life. It's like, what are people thinking when they take and rewrite the Bible like your Jehovah's Witnesses and they add and they, and they take away and then they, and they do all these things? It's like, what are you thinking? It's like God has told you, don't do that. Don't mess with his word. Well, again, it's pretty straightforward. And listen, and we have a backdrop here now with all that we have spoken up to this point. And with that, based on our title, A Better Plan, let's pick up and read here, starting in John chapter 6. We'll start in verse 1. It says, now, after these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. And a great multitude was following him, because they were seeing the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover and the Feast of the Jews was at hand. Jesus, therefore, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a great multitude was coming to him, said to Philip, where are we to buy bread that these may eat? And this he was saying to test them, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. And Philip answered and said, "Uh, well, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them for everyone to receive a little. And one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, Well, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these for so many people? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place. And so the men sat down in number of about 5,000, just men alone. And Jesus, therefore, took also of the fish as much as they wanted, and they were filled, he said. And he said to his disciples, gather up all the leftover fragments, and that nothing may be lost. And so they gathered them up, and they filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. 
And when therefore the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is of a truth, the prophet who is to come into the world. Meaning, my goodness, this is the Messiah. It has to be. So here we have, you know, this great multitude, it says in verse two. And they are all living witnesses as Jesus touched them He healed them, he delivered them, he set them free. All of these people. This is why Jesus was so popular and well-known. He was a walking 911 emergency room slash psychiatric ward. He touched, he healed everyone in sight. He healed them physically. He healed them emotionally. He healed them from being hurt and abused, from the forsaken and forgotten. He reached out to them. That's why. When people heard that Jesus was in town, my goodness, it was big news. I mean, big news, bigger than any mainstream artist band that's coming in on concerts or, hey, U2's playing. Who cares? Jesus is here. And although Jesus was God in the flesh, he subjected himself to the limitations of his own humanity along with his 12 disciples, meaning he would get tired. He would get hungry. I mean, if I was, you know, if I was Jesus, you know, I would just say like, hey, listen, guys, this isn't here yet, but you know, here's a compost burrito, okay? It's the macho burrito. This thing's bigger than a cinder block. See, I would do things like that, but Jesus didn't. He got tired. He stubbed his toe. He got hungry because from morning until night, there was an endless line of people needing his merciful touch. And we're given an account of Jesus' life in all four gospels, as you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, while he was here on earth. Now, Matthew and Mark, when they recorded the life of Jesus, they recorded it from what they saw with their own eyes as they walked with him his entire ministry. Now, Mark and Luke, they record from extensive interviews from eyewitnesses that were there and saw the actual events. Yet each gospel records Jesus's life from a different perspective. Now, Matthew, as you know, was a tax collector, but he was probably a very educated man. He worked up with the Romans and started taxing his own people while he was working for the Romans. He was working the system at both ends. He was a very intelligent man. And so when he records, after he came to know Christ as his savior, his Messiah, when he records his gospel, he's recording it from a mindset speaking from a Jew to another Jew. So he's, you know, when he records, he's he's talking about the promised Messiah to the Israelite, the king of Israel. So Mark, when he records Jesus, he records him kind of with a perspective of God's perfect and faithful servant. Now, Luke, he was a Gentile. He was a physician. He was a doctor, a very educated man. So you'll find a lot more detail in Luke's gospel than the others just because he was a detail-oriented man. But again, he was a Gentile. So as you had Matthew, that he's kind of more speaking to the Jewish mind frame, you have Luke, he's a Gentile, and he's kind of speaking more to Gentiles. And then, of course, there's John. John presents Jesus as the God-man, that he is fully man, yet fully God at the same time. Now, within these four gospels, we see many miracles represented. Some will be in this one, some will be in that one, there's other ones in that one, and each will have favored on different, you know, miracles that they represent. But there's only one 
miracle, imagine this if you don't know this, there's only one miracle that Jesus did that is in actually all four gospels. And that's the one that we're looking at here this morning in John chapter six. It's the feeding of the 5,000. Now with that in mind, I would like you to point out a few more details here because these details are important. So in Mark's gospel, he gives us what was happening before the miracle happened. And so John doesn't give us that. He just gives, he just jumps right into the miracle. But Mark, he's like, this is what was going on right before the miracle happened. Let me read it to you here. And it opens up a little bit more of an idea of what the whole big picture was here. So Mark 631 says, Jesus said to the disciples, come away by yourselves. Let's get away, guys. Just you and me. Let's go to a lonely place and let's rest for a while. For there were many people coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. And they went away in the boat to a lonely place by themselves. And the people saw them. Oh no, they've been spotted. And many recognized them. And they ran there together on foot from all the cities. And they got there ahead of them as their boat was landing. And when he went ashore, Jesus saw the great multitude and he felt compassion for them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it was already quite late, his disciples came to him and began saying, the place here is desolate and it's already quite late. Send them away. Get rid of these people, okay? Get rid of them so that they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy for themselves something to eat. But he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. Ah, the plot thickens here. That's all the time we have for this message, but please join us next time as we continue this message in John chapter 6. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.